All right, good morning, everybody. All right, you sound pretty lively today. Are you lively? Okay, good. I'm glad you are. Well, we're going to start a new series today. I'm Jim Del Campo. Glad you're joining us today. And uh, those of you watching us online, hey, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. And we're starting this series. Always great to come start of a series. Starting a series on family. It's going to be a four-week series, and uh, letting you know what we're going to cover is uh, today we're going to look at, uh, it's all around love and building and being a wise builder, but we're going to look at mom loving dad and dad loving mom because that probably is the greatest security you can give to the family members. Any amens on that one right there? Okay, that's, that's a big one right there. And by the way, for those of you who are interested, I, I do a verse-by-verse study Every Wednesday, 4 o'clock, live, and if it's not live, it's because I, I had to be out of the office, but Wednesday, 4 o'clock on the church Facebook page, instantly archives, you can, you can get in there, and I think I'm starting Matthew 14 this week. I do it about 49 Wednesdays a year, 48, something like that, because sometimes I get called to the office, or maybe I'm on vacation, and uh, I just want a vacation, so uh, we do that there also. But the second week in this family series, next Sunday, um, we're going to look at, uh, this one is love mom and dad. Next one is love their future. And as a father, parent, you're a parent, grandparent, grand, whatever you are, um, you got to remember that you have to look at family cycles in your family of addictions in the past. And you can be a breaker of family cycles and a trendsetter of new stuff in your family for the kingdom. Any amens on that? Amen. says, yeah. You have that ability and that power, and it's a great responsibility to be able to tell yourself no, looking at family history and setting a new trend for the family to come. You might want to invite somebody to that one, my friends. That's about loving our kids and grandkids, great-grandkids' future. Somebody once said that our children um, are, are, are messages that we send to a future we will not see. And I think that's so true. And so we've got to take it, we've got to really think about how we're living our life and what are we allowing in and what are we supposed to keep out. The third week is going to be um, loving their uniqueness. And how many of you know that your family members are just weird? I mean, they're just weird, right? Everybody's, you're weird, they're weird, everybody's different. And sometimes it's hard to love people that are so different because we want to make them like us. Anybody know what I mean by that? And then the fourth week, we're going to look at loving them unconditionally. And that's an important one because have you ever noticed that it's easier sometimes, maybe for somebody a lot of times, it's easier to unconditionally, not just love, but unconditionally love people that are outside your family versus inside your family. Everybody knows that? Because the people in your family, you see them all the time. You cannot get away. They keep coming back. And so they're always there, and so that it can get pretty tough at times. So we're going to look at that and building, being a wise builder in this series. So love mom, love dad is a big one. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Dobson, Dr. Dobson on the radio, and he made a statement 30 years ago, and I've never forgot it. He said the greatest thing, the greatest thing that a husband and wife can do is love each other. Because it's the greatest thing you can do for your families. Amen. So love your wife, husbands, and husbands. And wives love your husbands. Because it gives your children, it gives your spouse, it gives them security. 
and everyone needs security growing up. It would just make them a, a higher functioning, healthy individual. Love mom, love dad. Now, uh, this message is broken up into two parts today because we're, the first part's foundational and the second part is what we're going to talk on today. Uh, so I'm going to send you to two spots right now. If you have a traditional Bible, apps faster, obviously, but 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 13. Once you get into those two sections, then I can, I can start moving on now, but let's do our key verse for the series on the screen, and this is the only one I'm going to have you read. So would you join me in reading this verse today? According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. So that's going to be our key verse, and what we're going to draw from that is this tagline, read it with me, the wise builder builds wisely. And when it comes to families, uh, from the get-go, and I mean from the get-go, Genesis chapter 3, you see the enemy of our soul. You see Satan attacking the family immediately. Satan would love to destroy our families, divide our families, addict our families. He'd love all that. And he tried, and you see it all over the place. And maybe you've seen it in your own family. Maybe you see friends going down wrong roads like that. And so we want to build uh, families wisely. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to draw uh, about four, yeah, four things there first, and then about six things when I get to chapter 13. But chapter 3, before I get to the first point as I go through there, this chapter, the, the section I'm going to read first today, it is actually about, contextually, it's about Christians and how we live for God now, how we serve, if we live righteously or not, we will be rewarded for that in heaven. You, you, we're going to get rewards. Yeah, you'll get rewards if you lived it right or if you serve. You're going to get rewards. Now, I've had about two, maybe three people in 40 years tell me, well, I don't really care about rewards. And I always tell them, you will when you get there. Because when you look into the eyes of Jesus and he asks the question, why didn't you serve? Why didn't you live right? Why didn't you do this? It will matter in that moment. I guarantee you it will matter. And so we want to do the right things. And that, this is the context of this chapter, but I'm going to use it to extract some building blocks to make this idea of a wise builder builds wisely. Would you say that phrase again? A wise builder builds wisely. Now, you may say, well, I'm not married. Great. You're, you might just get married one day. And so what we're going to say today, especially when we get to the love part, start practicing it now with your family because once you get married, you're already ready for marriage instead of getting there and, and just blowing the thing, okay? So chapter uh, 1 Corinthians 3, four points. First point is this, as we set the foundation for the series. First off, in your notes, number one, I am a builder. All of us are builders, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me, and everybody's been graced, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. And another is building on it. 
But each man must be careful how he builds on it. Now, the word wise there is, means skilled. It means best plan. It means you've got to have the right plans. And when he says careful, that Greek word is so cool. It simply means to see. Some of you have been over a job or a department or super on a job, and you have blueprints and plans. And you walk around and you make sure and you see that they're doing the right thing or the wrong. Are they following the plans or are they not following the plans? And so Paul comes from the get-go and says, you got to have the right plans. You got to be wise. And you got to keep overseeing those plans and make sure you're building this thing correctly. So I'm a builder of a family. Everyone's going to build a family. And number two in your notes, and that's this. First things need to be first. First things need to be first. Now, I've already read the verse before, so I'm going to just tell you that this is about foundation. The wise builder lays the right bottom line foundation. And as a follower of Christ, my foundation and yours, if you are a follower of Christ, is none other than Jesus Christ. Any amens there? You want no other foundations. If you're not a follower of Christ, hey, okay, but find a good foundation to build upon. And listen, even if you've never become a follower of Christ, you could still come here to church because you can listen to the wisdom from this book. It is so practical. It is so good. Anybody say amen on that one right there? Even if I wasn't a Christian, just living this stuff would, be, would make my life better. It's just wise. So I, I want to lay the right foundation. So I'm um, salt. The S stands for? Have, you, I, I, have I been with you so long and still you do not believe? Okay. Start, a conversation. Start a conversation. Thank you. The A stands for? Ask a question. Ask a question. The L stands for? Listen. Listen. The T stands for? Tell your story. Okay, so this week I'm... Uh, you better get that one down. We're a lot of lost people on their way to hell. You're not even going to try. Um, so I, I study off campus uh, certain uh, one morning a week, and then on my days off, I study off campus at a coffee shop. So I just like studying the Bible. And um, so I'm sitting there at this regular place, and they all know this is my chair. Some people who are newer to the coffee shop don't know that yet. So um, uh, the one guy walks in, and I've seen him there many times. I know his name, he knows my name, and that's pretty much it. And uh, we say, and there was no seats. And so he says, can I sit across from you? I go, absolutely. Go ahead. And we're sitting there, and he looks at my Bible, because my Bible's open. And he, he says, you know, my ex so-and-so, so-and-so's mother, she had a Bible, uh, just, it was just falling apart, just tattered, and I thought, I got a couple of them like that. How many of you have a, a duct tape Bible? What I mean by that, it's being held together by duct tape. How many of you have a Gorilla Glue Bible? I have Gorilla Glue and duct tape Bibles. They're just so worn out that I've used them so much. They're doing that. And so somebody said a long time ago, if you see a person with the Bible worn out, you would know that they're not wearing out themselves. It's just an just old wise statement by some wise fella a long time ago. So I start talking to him. And he makes a statement because, you know, it's like I'm, I'm a pastor. And, you know, he starts talking. And I said, well, here I go. And I, and I you know, I said, you know I'm, I, I'm, he, I'm a pastor, but... I, I said, you know, but uh, I used to be uh, a pot smoking, drinking, and other stuff, 
and vulgar mouth, potty mouth guy, every other sentence was bad, and then Jesus came into my life, and everything changed in a moment. In a moment. In a moment. You say, ah, I, can't, I couldn't change like that. Well, you don't believe in the power of God. It changed in a moment. It's like, what do I need that for? I got Jesus. I got peace in my heart. I don't need that stuff. And so I'm um, talking, and then I make the statement, and then he makes the statement, and he goes, <laughs> as we're talking about Jesus, I go, he, he says, you know, I've thought about surrendering my life to God. And then I said, why don't you just try surrendering your life to Jesus for a year? And he went like this. He goes, I thought, well, maybe that was too much. He comes back with, well, maybe a month. You ever bargain with somebody like that? I, so I thought, well, I thought, well, let's give it at least three months, Okay. And he, instead of going like, that time he goes, you know, just a little tweak, you know. <laughs> and so, and I said, and here's why. I said, you got to think of it like a crop. This is why, in us Christians, we fall into this trap. This is why it doesn't work out for some of us. We walk in holiness and do the right thing. I'm going to give God a month and what, you know, it's not happening. That's why some of us don't tithe. Well, I tried it for three weeks. It's a crop. Everything you do is a crop. So you're planting and watering and planting. You continuously do it, and then a crop comes up, but you're still planting and watering more crops. So you've got crops you're planting, some that you're watering, some are growing at simultaneously at all times. Does that make any sense? It made sense to him. And he said, well, I never thought of it like that. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and he walked away, and, and, he's thinking, and he didn't say he's going to serve, but he's thinking about it now. But I try to move him toward the foundation, and that's Jesus. Not what you feel, not what you think, not what your friends do, but Jesus. What he says, he's the foundation. First things first in the family. Third thing is materials matter. Now, the materials really matter. Now, watch what he says as he goes on. Paul says it really cool. He says, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now he's talking about foundation Jesus. And then he says, here's the building materials. Now if any man builds on the foundation with, and it's two sections now, three and three, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw. See, there's a distinction now. What are you going to build on? Wood, hay, straw? You can find that in a lot of places, pretty easy. And it burns up fast. But gold, silver, and precious stones, ah, that survives fire, and it takes a lot more effort to mine and to dig out and to find it. Am I right? It takes effort. It takes time to build a family correctly. Selfishness does not work. And you've got to build with the right materials. Foundation is Jesus Christ. And then he says this, number four, there is a payoff to it all. There's a payoff. Now, watch what he says in verse 13 and 14. It's interesting. He says, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. I want, to know, I want you to notice three R's. 
What you're building, there's going to be a revealing of it one day. There's a remaining and there's a rewarding of whatever you're building. One day, all the effort, everything, there's going to be a revealing of what that is. Because you're going to see what remains, what survived the fire and what didn't. What went right, you built right, what you built wrong. And there's going to be reward. And the rewards can be either fantastic or like, oh my gosh, I wish I could go back and do it different. It's going to be one or the other, my friends. But you cannot have it both ways. Now, this stuff that we're going to look at today, very important. Now, if you're a single parent, I applaud you. I mean, you have it tougher, it's difficult, and I think God's grace comes alongside of you because as a follower of Christ, the grace of God, I think when we're weak in areas, then I'm strong because God's grace comes and supports us. Do you believe that in amens? Amen. It's New Testament, God's grace comes and supports like that. So mom and dad need to love each other. Now, let me take you to a Jesus statement. Now, when it's a Jesus statement, you better stand up and listen. It's not a Jim statement, not a you statement, not I think, not I feel. It's what it says, the creator of the universe. Watch what he says in John 13, 34. He says, a new commandment I give to you. Who is you? Scared to say yourself, you know. That you love one another. And now here's the hard part. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He says, you need to love everybody, but not just the way you think love should be. You need to love them the way I've loved you. He raises it way up. It's like, and how did he love us? He died for us, and we were all stinkers. He laid down his life, and he loved everybody that way. Equal opportunity, love person. Now, the big question then is this. Mom loved dad, dad loved mom. What does love even look like? Because we've grown up with all these cultural ideas and visuals in our life. What does it look like? Is it what I've learned? Is it what I see in a sitcom? Is it, was it the way mom and dad did it or not? Because culture has it wrong. Culture has it all about ourselves and it's wrong. When you go to the scriptures, you find out what love is, and then you can build the right foundation. You become a wise builder who builds wisely. Now I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now we get into the crux of just today's message about mom love dad, dad love mom. We're going to see what love looks like. Because when Jesus said, love one another the way I loved you, he just basically said, love is not just words. See, it's not just, oh, I love you. It's actions. He's saying love is action. Look, every day I, I look at my wife, I tell her, look at me in the eye. I love you, babe. She looks at me, she says, I love you too. Every day, do that just to make sure because you never know. You never know when the last day on earth is. I want to make sure the last thing we said was that. So I say that, but it's more than that. It, it's, love is action. Let's see what action says in the New Testament because here's, I'm going to read verse, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians 4 through 7. And then we're going we're gonna to dig into it. Now, some of you have been in church for so long, you're going to go on autopilot when I say first Corinthians. Oh, love chapter. Get out of autopilot. Just stop it. Just get out now. Let's refresh ourselves in the scripture. Some of you are new to this. You're going to go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was in here. Yeah. It's all over the place. Now, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians and verse 4 
through 7, let me read it. Love is patient. Love is kind. And is not jealous. Love does not brag. And is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness. But rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Those are all action statements. I'm going to cover most, but not all, in some quick, practical way on how mom should love dad and dad should love mom. In your notes, love. The first thing is, love is patient. Take notes, please. Young people, take notes. Don't think you're going to know because you heard a message. Love is patient. It's not pushy. Love does not demand. It doesn't push. Love, love doesn't force its way. And I, I thought about this, and I thought, what's a good way to illustrate something that we've read or talked about so many times? And here's what I believe the Spirit of God dropped in my mind. I tested it on my wife yesterday. And I say that because she doesn't like to hear my messages before she hears it for the first time. She's always been that way. I said, what does it sound like? So I'll share it with you. Love is not pushy. Some of you in your marriage, you're very quick intellectually. You're quick with the mind, which means you're quick with the mouth. And you're married to somebody that may not be as quick as you thinking-wise and not quick, as quick as you verbally. Am I right? And you can get impatient, huh? And you can sit there and just like jump right over their statement, jump over their sentence, beat them to the punch, and they're just sitting there and their head's spinning. Am I right? And then when they start to finally start to share, it's like it's taking them a long time. And you're just getting impatient. And it's like, and you just got to cut them off. And you just got to lay it out. Look, you need to just back off and quit being pushy and quit cutting into their thoughts and just listen and understand. It's not pushy. Love is patient. See, some of you are, are great um, verbal learners. You can hear it verbally and you get it. Your spouse might be a visual. And they're trying to comprehend what you're telling them and they're not picking up and you're like, oh, and you get irritated. And, and you get impatient. Love is not like that. Love is not impatient. Love is patient. It's not pushy. Does that make sense to anybody in this room? Okay, good. The second one is love is kind. Ah, you know what? By definition, we'll put down kindness is strength. You know why? Because unkindness is weakness. Any weak person can verbally say some of the ugliest things because they're weak. They have no self-control over their life. Think about the ugly things that might come out of our mouth and so unkind towards others when Jesus is always kind towards us. And then think about the children around you, your kids, 
or whoever they are, and they're looking up and they're listening to all the unkind words coming out of our mouth, and we're teaching them that. We're teaching them, this son is the way you treat a wife. Or child, the wife says, daughter, this is the way you treat a husband. And then we sit there and we have these unkind words coming out of our mouth. Be careful with things like that. I was, um, uh, uh, my friend, friend lives, old high school buddy lives out here and uh, doesn't come to church. He's like, if I came in the church, the church would burn down. You know, he's like, that's what he says. And he invited my wife and I and his wife and he got tickets, we went to this thing and but I told him, I said, uh, don't be cussing around my wife. Because about every third and a half word is a cuss word. <laughs> I'm serious. And some of the most vulgar sexual jokes, he is constant. I said, don't do that. Don't do that. And um, you know what? He didn't. I was like, it's possible for him not to say an ugly cuss word or put. I, it's amazing. And he only, he kept himself to, I think, two or three drinks. That's a miracle for this guy. He was like, God, you're alive? It's incredible. Because this boy needs a couple of drinks, if not three a night. He has to have it. I mean, he's, he just has to have it. But he was kind. We need to be kind towards each other. The third thing is this. Love is not jealous, boastful, or arrogant. Which by definition, let's say, it lets the other person be in the spotlight. See, well, see in some marriages, you've, it's okay. Look, when your spouse does a good thing or a great thing, just say, that was great. Don't say, that was great. But you know, you could have done this part differently. Or I would have done it like this instead of that. Can you just stop that? Just leave that alone now. They did a great thing. Leave it alone now. It's not about what you would have done differently. Just leave it alone. How about this one? Love doesn't act unbecoming. Meaning it doesn't dishonor. Okay, let me give you this illustration. I'll try to show you this one. Let's say, I like, I love movies. But let's say you all love movies. Some of you don't, but let's just pretend you all love movies. And you, have, and you all have a favorite actor or actress. And let's say you're listening to a radio station one day and your favorite actor or actress, you could win a dinner with, with you and them one night and so you call in and you win. And the night's coming up and boy, you're going to go out with this actor or actress and you get all spruced up. You might even put on cologne men. Ladies, you put on your perfume. And here comes the limo to pick you up from the radio station and they're whisking you off to Baker's Burgers. No, I'm just joking, not Baker. <laughs> I like Baker's Burgers, personally. I like Baker's. So they whisk you off to a nice restaurant. You get there. It's going to start at 7 o'clock. You're there at 10 to 7. You sit down in the chair. You're so pumped up. You're so excited. You're going to meet this star that you love the star. You love their movies. And it's 7 o'clock and they don't show. You already felt it. 7.05, they're not there. 7.15, they're still not there. 7.25, and they're not there. Then at 7.30, they come rolling in, and they go, you know, I'm sorry, I'm late, and you go, oh, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. And then they have a, maybe a Coca-Cola, hopefully that's it, and 
they're drinking. And then they're talking and they spilled some on you. And you go, that's not. And they go, I'm sorry. I go, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, the, it's just great. I'm never watching this again, you know. But they could do whatever. They're late. They're messing up. They're spilling. And man, you're fine with it because they're a celebrity. Aren't you married to a celebrity? At least you thought they were when you were dating, huh? I got to get that gal to a honeymoon night. Oh, yeah. And then after we get married, after a while, it's like, yeah, you're three minutes late. You're always, you know, I just can't. There we go, huh? Oh, you spilled? Oh, you just, you, you spill on yourself all the time. When you, right? Oh, husband, you're going to sit there all day and do something with your life on Saturday or what? And we dishonor and we dishonor and we dishonor. Don't we? Oh, my gosh, is right. Huh? <laughs> and we dishonor. You're married to a celebrity. Treat them like one. Don't dishonor them. Teach your children that this is the way you honor a spouse. The next one is this. Love does not seek its own. It puts the needs of others first. Oh, this is going to be a good one, guys. You know, when and you guys are all good-looking people, I'm sure if you're married, you never fight with each other. Sure. What if in the middle of a fight, you guys are going back and forth, what if finally one day, one of you stops and says to themselves, you know what? I know what the problem is. The problem's me. I'm not getting what I want. Just selfish. And then your spouse says, no, no, I know what the problem is. The problem's me. I'm not getting what I want. I'm selfish. What if you did that? Would that end every argument? Dead in its tracks. Any amen? You scared to say amen to that one? It would end it right there. Because you finally, and I would finally realize, it's not about me. It's about you. See, the biggest mistake we make is, I'm going to get married and you're going to make me happy. (laughs) Oh, no. You've set yourself up for the big lad. They're going to make you mad. I mean, come on. Doesn't your spouse have the greatest ability to just tick you off? Come on, raise your hand. Don't you're in church. It's a safe place. It's a happy place. I remember, I, I, I've told this story probably so many times in church over years. When Dylan was, I don't know how big he was, because, you know, the years just blend now. I don't remember. And one day, Olivia and I were just dialoguing back and forth. We were dialoguing. And, uh, and Dylan goes, he thinks we're arguing. And he's like, are you guys mad at each other? Are you, are you guys? I go, I thought in my mind. The Spirit of God dropped this in my mind. I go, Dylan, if you think this is what mad looks like, then you have a good life. <laughs> because you don't know what mad looks like. You should have been in my world growing up when my dad got mad. How many know what I'm talking about, huh? Man, that alcohol got a hold of him. He'd get mad. It was brew a hot time now. And I'm locked in my room as a little kid. Thank God that's what you think mad looks like. But it touched some of you right now because you grew up in the same way, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very secure, was it? It's scary. It was a terrible feeling. Terrible, terrible. 
I think I jumped my notes. Yeah, I really did. Okay. Everything I said right now is the next one. Okay. I was so, I was so into it, you know. Number, the next one is this one. It's not easily provoked. It doesn't get ticked off easily. And let me add on this one. In other words, love listens to the other person's story. Love listens to the... To, you listen to your spouse. But Jim, they talk so slow. Can you just speed it up? No. No. Love doesn't react. Love responds. So the question is, are you easily angered? No. <laughs> See, if, there's, if, there's just, if you're just getting ticked off at home, you're gonna, we're going to breed so much insecurity in our kids. They're always going to wonder, is mommy and daddy going to stay together? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, Jesus' brother, James, he had a brother? Yeah, and he had brothers, brothers and sisters. He says this. If you, don't, if you want to write down, James 1, verse 19. He's in his New Testament. He says this, he says, I want you to be quick to listen. I want you to be slow to speak. And I want you to be slow to anger. Now, we take that and we reverse it. We get in it and now I'm angry and I'm not listening to a word you say and I'm just going to talk and attack. Am I right? We do the exact opposite. When James says, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to anger. What a world that would be, huh? If we just lived it in reverse. Just live it in reverse. And the last one is this one. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. In other words, it doesn't have a filing cabinet on others. You know, I remember this story. It's an old preacher story. I've heard it and I've probably shared it years ago. But a husband and wife, they go into a counselor's office because they're just fighting all the time. And the husband sits down, the wife sits down. You know, when you're first married, they're like, oh, baby. And when they come to counseling office, she's leaning that way, he's leaning this way. You think that's not true. I've counseled those situations. Where they used to come in one car, not anymore. But the husband's sitting there and he tells the counselor, he goes, and the wife's sitting there. And he says, every time we try to talk, or my wife gets historical. And he says, you mean hysterical? He goes, no, I mean historical. <laughs> you guys didn't even get that, did you? <laughs> what does that mean? She's always bringing up the past. It's always like eight years ago you did this. Or remember, when, you remember on our honeymoon? That was 1947. <laughs> Get rid of the fighting cabinet. Jesus, it says, he forgives our sin and remembers them no more. It literally means he will not bring them up again. He will not spew them out. He will not throw them up. Let it go. Listen, 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 listen. See, you can be totally right all the time and end up totally alone in life. It's what you want. It's what you want. What if we went home today and you're, you know, whatever, you and your wife, and you looked at each other and you said, you know what, we're going to start new. We're gonna, you know, uh, everything I've done wrong, please forgive me. And you say, I forgive you. And then you say, well, everything I've done wrong, and I forgive you. And then we don't bring it up again. 
And we start with a new foundation building on the right stuff. Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. The culture says love is about making that person making you feel good. It's wrong. That's wrong. Jesus comes along and says love is about making the other person feel good. If you're selfish, do not date and do not get married. You're going to ruin somebody's life. You'll probably ruin about three people's lives along the way in the multiple marriages because it's just about you. Why don't you change it and live for somebody else, live for that person? Okay. When I was, um, I, I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't a Christian. So I, got, I became a Christian at 23. And one month before I became a Christian, I bought a house. A single guy bought a house. And my whole thought was, this is going to be the pot stash party house. <laughs> oh, I had my best plans laid out, man. And then I became a Christian about a week or two before it closed and I moved in. And everything changed. No more pot. Never brought alcohol in the house. No more cuss words coming in there. Never used the bedrooms for premarital sex. I just like, God said it, that's it. You say, well, how, how can you do that? Through the power of God. It wasn't my ability. It's God. When you yield it, and get, it's like, you know, you know. You know, right? You should know. So, so I get in that house, and, and it, was in, it was in Cornita. Real little house, but to me it was a mansion. Then I get married, and I bring Olivia into the mansion. I, had, I always tell her, I had you in the lap of luxury. <laughs> to get into our kitchen, there was a little kitchen table, and we had to go like this just to get... To get. <laughs> it was small. But you know, it was a mansion. The, far, the backyard butted up to a golf course. So we'd always get golf balls, and my dog would pick them up, bring them back, and I had a big old thing. I didn't even golf. So the back fence was just, it was bad. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to replace the back fence. And so I get a friend of mine to help me. Neither one of us had ever put a fence in before. But we're going to do it. So I go, I go by the wood, I get the post hole digger, get the cement, you know, everything you need, the nails, the whole shot. Dig the holes, cement in the posts, wait a couple days, nail in everything else. There's fences up, redwood. Babe, Olivia, come here. Check out what your man did. <laughs> she comes out. He goes, oh, yeah. You know, and, and I go, maybe she'll make me tacos. <laughs> I deserve tacos <laughs> with homemade hot sauce and guacamole. And so about three weeks go by, and a big wind came up one night. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me. <laughs> and I go outside in the backyard, and that fence went down. <laughs> Olivia, don't come outside. And I was like, in the aftermath, what I learned was this. I did not dig the holes deep enough. I did not dig the holes wide enough. I did not put enough cement in there. So because the foundations weren't strong enough, when the wind came, it blew it over. First, Chance. 
The wise builder builds wisely. And I didn't build wise. I didn't create the right foundations. Jesus said it like this. Here's Jesus' words. Therefore, everyone, that's you and I, who hears. The word hears in Jewish tradition is to listen and to obey. Not just go, that's a good message, leave and do nothing. No, no, obey. Everyone who hears, listens and obeys these words of mine, Jesus says, and acts on them, do it, may be compared. Now there's a comparison he makes. You'll be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rock is Jesus. That's the foundation. And you built everything else upon him with gold, silver, precious stones. That way, one day when it's all revealed and there is a reward, it's the right reward down the road because you built the right stuff. And love the way he loved up is the right stuff. Stand up with me today.